I want to start out this morning by uh, by being uh, fairly honest with you about some things about my own life, and uh, I sometimes uh, hesitate to do that because this isn't about me, um, and yet I, I I think that that as I thought about this this week, my hope is that uh, what I have to say will will uh, maybe allow you to to hear some things that you may not otherwise hear. But the year after I graduated from college, which was uh, a few years ago, uh, I entered into a period of deep disillusionment and depression and even despair. 21 years old. It was the first real crisis that I'd ever faced in my life. Um, up to that point, life had been pretty easy for me. Things came easily. Relationships came easily, and uh, I was successful on uh, on some level as a young person. And um, but I had recently become a follower of Christ, and somewhere in my mind, I connected that decision with kind of being the frosting on the cake. You know, I've I've lived this good life; things have gone well for me now. In Christ, it can only go better. <laughs> and uh, I discovered, in a pretty drastic way that that wasn't the case. Uh, I was disappointed, and I was angry with God. And I was angry with the church, and I was angry with people who called themselves Christians. And above all, I was disappointed, and I was extremely angry with myself. I was disappointed in who I was. I felt like a failure in every area of my life. Have you ever been there? (laughs) Um, Relationally, spiritually, Vocationally, in every area of my life, I felt like things were out of control and I didn't know what to do. And in the midst of this difficult time, what really happened is that I took my eyes off of Christ. And in my frustration and loneliness, I began to doubt whether God was real. I began to doubt whether my experience of Christ was real. I began to doubt whether Christianity was true. It seemed the more that I tried to seize control of my life, the more that I tried to take control of my situation, the worse things got. Somebody shared an illustration one time, and those of you that work with Young Life, you've probably heard this a million times, but it's this idea that, that this person is trapped in this hole, and the hole is dug out of sand. And what needs to happen in that case, if you were in a deep hole of sand, instead of trying to dig your way out of it, which only causes more sand to pour into the hole and eventually bury you, you need to sit at the bottom of the hole and need to cry out for help. And yet that is so contrary to the way we do things. Right? If you're like me, and I think most of you are, our default is to work harder, to take more control, to try to to get control of the situation and make things better. And the problem is, oftentimes, our efforts only make things worse. Well, as I began to emerge from this difficult time, this this deep, dark cave that I found myself in, it became clearer to me why God had allowed this all to happen. I needed to learn a critical lesson in life. And I think it's a lesson that we all need to learn from time to time. No matter what happens to us, no matter what crises we may face in life, Jesus Christ never changes. He's faithful. And his faithfulness never wavers. 
He is truly the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as I say that, we connect with that intellectually. Some of us have read that in Scripture. But the reality of that, as we live it out in the midst of difficult and dark and despairing times, is not so easy, is it? Sometimes that doesn't seem to be true. But during this time, I also recognized that God needed to have me face and to deal with some of my own stuff. And don't you hate the fact that every time you go through a difficult time in your life, that God uses that to make you deal with some of the stuff that you have going on in your life. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to look in the mirror and say, well, as hard as this is, (laughs) what's my role in this? You know, who am I in this? What's going on in my life? And for me, specifically, I was a very self-sufficient, thank you very much, person. You want to do something, you do it. And if you can't do it, there's something wrong with you. I was very prideful, and I was also pretty judgmental. Right? Because I hadn't walked through difficulties. I hadn't experienced that stuff. And so when I saw people struggling with their faith, it was easy for me to point the finger and say, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Don't you believe? Aren't you a Christian? Where's your faith? And it was almost as though God said, okay, I'll help you understand where faith is, how that works. And God is not vengeful or anything like that. I'm just saying that that's how it works out sometimes. This crisis became a turning point in my life. And by the way, it lasted almost eight years. So if you're in the midst of one of these right now, have hope. Or not. (laughs) No, seriously. You know, we walk through those periods of time. And we, we tend to think we can just fix them. And sometimes it takes a long time. But it was a turning point for me. And although I continue to experience the same doubts and struggles that we all do from time to time, I've never again doubted the reality of God or the truth of Christianity. And I hope, I hope I never will. And as some of my teachers pointed out this morning, um, you know, we, we, we find ourselves from time to time, don't we, in those caves, in those dark caves. And, uh, but we, we know that God is faithful in there. Well, David, who we've been talking about these past few weeks, went through a period of darkness and fear in his life. And the one thing that I love about Scripture is that it tells it like it is. I mean, the material in the Old and the New Testament is good stuff. It is It has all the elements of everything we love. It has drama, but it's real. The writers of Scripture didn't cover up people's faults. They told it like it was. And this man who who was called a man after God's own heart, this man who faced the Philistine giant Goliath and defeated him, this man of great courage and faith was surprisingly afraid of what one man could do to him. One man. Now, granted, that man was the king of Israel, Saul. But David was fearful of what Saul could do to him. The account goes something like this. I'm trying to cover like 13 chapters here, so, okay? This isn't going to be a real long sermon, but I want to give you the background. This is how the account goes. At one time, Saul, the king, loved David. David was his cupbearer. But after David defeated Goliath, and, as we read, was honored by all the people of Israel... Saul's love turned to intense jealousy 
and anger and suspicion. Saul had issues. Okay? He had major issues. His hatred drove him to look for opportunities to kill David. And as these murder attempts became more frequent, David did what any of us would do under similar circumstances, right? He ran for his life. He fled. He took off. Who could blame him? This powerful king of Israel was after him. And David was under tremendous pressure, stress, and anxiety. But here's the problem, and this is where I think this connects with us. Rather than trusting God during this desperate time, something that David had always done in the past, when you read back through 1 Samuel, David began to lose his spiritual and his emotional bearings. And he began to take matters into his own hands. And when he did this, things went from bad to worse. Can you relate to this? The worse things get, the more we attempt to seize control of them. And it's this cycle, you know? And the more we try to seize control, the worse things get. And the reality is, if we could, if we didn't have this aversion, it seems like an aversion to me. If we didn't have an aversion to, 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 to reach out to God, to seek Him in the midst of this time, um, it, it just complicates everything. But we won't do that. Everything in us wants to take control instead of sitting back and going, okay, God, I have no idea how to deal with it. You take control of this. David's heart had to be pulsating with anxiety. You know that feeling. You know when your limbs go numb from anxiety and your heart beats and you sweat and you're scared? But is he as he did this, he concocted one scheme after another. And you can read all about these schemes in 1 Samuel. And he did this in order to protect himself, which we all do. If I can just fix this, then I'll be okay. <laughs> if I can tweak this, everything will turn out okay. Well, that's what David did. But each scheme was more bizarre, more sinful, more costly than the one before. And in the process, people were not only deceived and hurt, but they died. Because David was trying to protect himself. Finally, David finds himself alone in this dark and lonely cave. Have you been in a dark and lonely cave recently? I know Scott camps in those places. And you wanted me to come camping with you in a cave. I'm not going to do it. Um, no, but I'm, I'm talking metaphorically here. <laughs> okay? You know what I'm talking about, that dark place, that lonely place. Well, while he's in there, he's not only alone, but he begins to reflect, I think, on his bizarre behavior, his sinful behavior. And when he emerges from the cave, he really is a different person. He really is. He actually resembles the man he once was. Remember the story of the prodigal son where it talks about this young man who took all of his father's wealth and went off to this country and squandered it in, in riotous living? And then there's that great line that says, when he came to his senses, he recognized who his father was and he went home. This is what happened with David. 
And it's what happens with some of us. And it's what should give you hope if you're in the midst of this right now. That there is a point where you look in the mirror and that person that you see actually resembles the person that you know and that you remember. I remember vividly in my life looking in the mirror and not recognizing who that person was or how that person had gotten to the point that they were at in their life. And I remember looking in the mirror eight years later and saying, I think I recognize this person. It's starting to to make sense to me. It's starting to look like that person that, uh, that I once was. Darlene and I were talking about this, and, and um, I actually, we actually met each other sort of the tail end of this, uh, this time in my life. And when we met each other, she didn't really know me. So she asked me yesterday, she said, <laughs> she didn't ask me, she said this, she said, well, I didn't really know who you were. And then, of course, she said, no, sometimes I still don't know who you are. No, but, but that's, that's honest. I mean, that's true. I didn't know who I was. David didn't know who he was. He'd lost sight of the person that he was. And then in this crisis, he found himself. He emerged from the cave, and he was a different person. We all face failure. We all face fear. We all face challenges and circumstances that are absolutely overwhelming to the point where we're debilitated. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I suspect that some of you are there this morning. But there's hope. There's hope, so listen on. Here's the question. How can we learn to trust God? It seems like everything in the faith comes back to this question of how do we learn to trust? How do we learn to trust during the dark and desperate times in our lives? How can we develop a divine perspective and not lose sight of it, no matter how difficult things become? How do we do that when we face personal trials and temptations that we will surely face in our lives and that you have already faced? How do we do it? And I want to suggest three strategies. And I don't like the word strategy. Principles, that sounds too engineer-like. Sorry, Kent. Um, They come from David's life. Okay, there are ways that he, there, there, there are things that he did. And the first one is this, and this sounds so simple, but it's so difficult. The first thing is this, learn from your mistakes. Did your parents ever tell you this? Well, I hope you learned your lesson. Yeah, they did. My parents still tell me that. This is much easier said than done, though, isn't it? Isn't life kind of a constant process of learning from the past? and learning from our mistakes, and trying not to repeat things, or remembering what happened then and not doing it again. We're in that process, and I don't believe we'll ever get it right, actually, until we're in heaven. Because we're human. But this was one of David's secrets. Rather than allowing his failures, his guilt and shame to hold him captive and to debilitate him, he finally turned to God. And as you look at chapter 23 in the first six verses, after all these chapters in 1 Samuel where David was taking everything into his own hands, he finally just sort of naturally turns to God and and says, Lord, what should I do? And God responds. God answers. Rather than wallowing in his self-pity, 
In playing the victim, David turns his eyes to heaven. He changes his perspective. Rather than falling back into the old habits, which we so easily do, all of us, into our old patterns and thinking and behaving, David refocuses his mind and his heart on God. He looked to the Lord for the first time in a long time, and he didn't trust in himself. It's hard to do this when we're fearful and when we're on the run. What about you? Are you learning from the mistakes that you've made? And don't tell me you've never made any mistakes. Are you learning from them? Or are you continuing to repeat them? Are you feeling sorry for yourself and blaming others? Or are you looking to God? Are you stuck in the past? Debilitated by all the things that have happened? Or are you in the process of allowing God to change you and transform you? To help you move on. Remember this. God is faithful. I want to say it again. God is faithful. And again, we connect with this on an intellectual level. But it's the truth. It's the truth. He will never let you down. He will walk with you no matter what you're facing. No matter what it is, He will be for you as He was for David. Your light and your salvation. He will defend you. He will protect you. He will be your shield. He will be your friend. He will be your advocate. So trust Him. Trust Him. As Brennan Manning says, trust Him with a ruthless trust. Ruthless trust. You know, God, I trust You and I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to hang on. Step out in faith, believing that God will be your strength and your source of encouragement and your source of joy. In whatever circumstances you're in, no matter what, David learned that he couldn't solve his problems by himself. He needed God's wisdom and direction. And so do we. I don't care how smart you are, how wise you are, how astute you are, None of us are smart enough. There are times in our life when our resources fail us. And we need God. It's not weakness. That's true. It's the way it is. So like David, we need to seek God when times are hard. And that's the second strategy. Again, seeking God, two words, seek God. It's easier said than done, right? Because if you're like me, the last thing you do in crisis is seek God. You seek out friends. You seek out people who will take your side. You seek out a spouse. You seek out whoever. And in reality, we need to seek God. But we can't do that all the time. Although God has and does speak directly to us, just as He spoke to David... He most often speaks to us through Scripture, through the Word, as we read it and as we listen 
And in Scripture, God has revealed His purpose and His plan for all of us, for all humankind. In the Bible, we not only learn about God, but we also learn about ourselves. The Bible oftentimes, is it not like a mirror? When you read it, you hold it up and it says, wow, this is me. You find yourself in the pages, or as Brian McLaren says, it is a story in which we find ourselves when you open up the Word and you begin to read it. We learn about salvation. The Bible helps us understand faith. The Apostle Paul wrote, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. Romans 10. We need to seek God by studying, by cracking open, by blowing off the dust, by reading. And not as some sort of a recipe book. Okay, I want to raise. My job performance was kind of slack. Where am I going to find this? You know, I'm not saying that you do that. It's probably an insult to your integrity. But we kind of do that, right? We find ourselves in this story because we see what other people experience and what they went through as we read Scripture. And that's what I mean by studying it. Consulting the Scriptures when we face problems. How did other people in Scripture deal with problems and difficulties? When we search its pages, it helps us make important decisions. There's truth in Scripture. We need to read. We need to study from time to time. We also must ask God through prayer. David spoke directly to the Lord. He didn't hesitate to ask specific questions. Why? When? How? Do you pray like that? I don't often pray like that. Oh God, if it's your will, <laughs> you know, we pray in these, these huge generalities. And yet God answers specifically when we ask specifically. He still speaks to us. He really does. He still answers our prayers. He still directs us. He still enlightens us in the midst of dark and difficult times. He is there for you. Here's some words of divine wisdom. And you can look at them on the screen. They're from James. And I want to read them to you. And I want you to listen carefully. Because I love the way that J.B. Phillips translated this passage. Feel free to laugh out loud when you hear parts of this. And go, oh, yeah, right? When all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, brothers and sisters... Don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. That's what you all do, right? When the difficult times come, you welcome those times as friends. <laughs> Realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. But let the process go on until the endurance is fully developed and you will find that you have become people of mature character with the right kind of independence. And if in the process any of you don't know how to meet any particular problem, you only have to ask God who generously gives to all 
without making anyone feel foolish or guilty. And you can be quite sure that the necessary wisdom will be given to you. But you must ask in sincere faith, without secret doubts, as to whether you really want God's help or not. The one who trusts God but with inward reservations is like a wave of the sea carried forward by the wind one moment and driven back the next. That sort of person cannot hope to receive anything from the Lord and the life of a person of divided loyalty will reveal instability at every turn. When all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends if we could only do that. Knowing that if we do that, our character is built up. Divine wisdom. Ask God, who gives to everyone. Learn from your mistakes. Seek God through prayer, through His Word. And finally, and I feel like a broken record on this topic, develop relationships with other believers. Actually, what I should say is work hard at developing relationships with other believers. Make it your aim, your purpose. I know it's hard sometimes. I bet I get two or three emails a week. Now, it's an exaggeration. Maybe one. But I certainly have conversations with people who say in a variety of ways, I don't feel connected. You know, I love the church. I come and I just don't feel like people talk to me. I don't feel like I know anybody. And the reality is, we need to work on that as individuals. We need to take the initiative at time. Fear begets fear. Faith begets faith. And what I mean by that is if you want to be fearful and anxious, associate with people who are fearful and anxious. If you want to be pessimistic and cynical, then associate with people who are pessimistic and cynical. And yes, even in the church, there are pessimistic people and cynical people. And you can choose to be around those people. But if you want to learn to trust God during difficult times, associate with people who trust God. Seek them out. Go after them. Set them down. Say, I want to be around you. I want to get to know you. Pursue them. Befriend them. David had a friend named Jonathan. I mean, that's a whole sermon series in itself. Incredible friendship. Who do you have? Who do you have? Well, here's a well-known secret. <laughs> I've experienced, and I'm sure you have too, the greatest impact on our lives and faith most often comes through people. Does it not? Most of you are here this morning because someone who knew Christ, who loved Christ and loved you and prayed for you, was consistent, and you're here. Most of you didn't come to faith in Christ because you watched Christian broadcasting or went to a Billy Graham crusade 
or did any of those sorts of things or listened to KPDQ and, you know, pulled off to the side of the road and prayed the prayer. You're here because someone that you know and loved and respected knew Christ. And you said, I want that. I want that. People, the greatest impact on our lives comes through people. People who love God and consistently live out their faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great martyr, German Lutheran martyr, who died way too young, said that he found in other believers an incredible source of encouragement and strength. In other words, he couldn't do it without other believers, and we can't either. When I see other people learning from their mistakes and growing, when I see people applying Scripture to their lives and praying in faith and actually having their prayers answered, I experience God's presence in a powerful way. And I see my own life, my own faith, broadened and deepened. People ask me all the time what it's like to be a pastor. Now, some of them want to know, well, what do you do the other six days of the week? You know, I'd like to have a gig like that where I just work on Sundays. That's not true. Um, But people want to know, what is it like? And uh, more precisely, they want to know, how do you handle the responsibility? You have all these people that look to you and ask for answers and questions, and isn't that a little bit overwhelming? And the answer is, it's always overwhelming. But it's what God's called me to. But this is how I answer, and this might surprise you. No matter what happens, I am tremendously encouraged. I'm buoyed spiritually by what God is doing in your lives. Do you believe that? It isn't a one-way thing here. It isn't in any relationship. It's a reciprocal relationship. We encourage one another. But I am lifted up. When I see God at work in your lives, it strengthens my faith and it makes me want to keep going. There are times when I wonder, and you do too, in your own lives, right? Why do I keep doing this faith thing? Why am I a professional Christian? And you know why? It's because of you. That's why we planted this church. That was the only reason that we planted this church. was not to have a a building and all the things that God has given us. It was to see people's lives changed. You encourage me to trust God personally. In you and through you, I see God at work. Even when you are struggling... And you call me or you come to me and you say, you know, talk about this. and That's an encouragement to me. Thank you. Thank you. Because of you, to a large degree, I know that God is real and I know that Christianity is true. Because of you. Never promised it would be perfect or easy, but he promised to walk with us in the process. Being around you most of the time gives me energy. 
gives me strength, physical strength, psychological strength, spiritual energy. Thank you for being the body of Christ. Learn from your mistakes. Seek God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. And work hard at connecting with each other. We need each other. To the degree that you do it, you begin to move from fear to faith. You begin to trust God with your life, no matter what you're facing. Amen.